Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And I know what everyone has been thinking, especially following the, the episode we did about slug reproduction. Mm-hmm. When is the episode on vomit coming? <laughs> because cause I know I wanted to vomit during the research for that one. Uh, and so this episode is about vomit, but not just about the human vomit, because that's kind of boring. It's about what happens when you look beyond human vomit and when you re reexamine regurgitation uh, and from a larger – And its many merits from a larger biological viewpoint. We're going to look at regurgitation the way God looks at regurgitation is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into regurgitation. But before we look at the animal world for some wonderful examples of it, I can't help but to to look at us uh, yeah. as humans here and and the ways in which we regurgitate and why we do it. Um, you know, certainly it helps when we have eaten something that's rancid and, and our stomach needs to get rid of it as soon as possible. Because that's ultimately the, the, the main reason the humans vomit is because there's something that we, we ingested it and we need to get out. And it's a, a good thing to have. Not all animals can, can do this. Um, some animals, they eat something bad. It's just kind of, uh, it's in there. 
you know, and they're going to have to roll with it. But w- with humans, we eat something that's that's noxious and and potentially dangerous. We can vomit it back up and then reevaluate it, uh, and like many animals, eat it again if it deserves reeating. If it deserves reeating, yeah, like, right. oh, that meatloaf was so good. And now- ask your dog about this one, and I'm sure they'll <laughs> explain. <laughs> All right, so, so that's... But we hate doing it, is the thing. Most of us yeah, hate doing it. Yeah, And in many cases, uh, I mean, I can think of, of, of a few times in my life where I really needed to vomit. And, and, a, and a good bout of vomiting would have really been beneficial to, to my well-being. Open up to us. Tell us when. Why? Well, I don't remember the day. I didn't mark it on the calendar. But, um, you know, maybe you've... You're a little under the weather or you ingested uh, something you shouldn't have that night before mm-hmm. and then you're you're ill. And... You don't want to vomit because it's it is a stressful ex- experience. It's like mm-hmm. you're, it it kind of blows you up. You're you're suddenly you're 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 just rattling. Your body's rattling and you're 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 high energy and it's uh, it's an unpleasant experience mm-hmm. for this stuff to come out of your mouth and it tastes bad. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, anyone everyone I think has probably vomited just listening to this podcast. If you haven't, I would love to hear why uh, that is the case. But. Everyone has vomited. You know it's unpleasant. And a lot of times we avoid doing it even when we should. Well, you know what? If if you ever need to vomit, I'm just here to tell you that I will hold your hair back for you if you okay. need it. Well, thank you. Sure. But here's something I will never do. I will never pre-masticate something for you. Oh, well, good. Okay. So when I'm talking about pre-mastication here, what am I talking about? I'm talking about chewing up food, coating it with my lovely saliva, and then mm-hmm. depositing it into probably an infant's mouth because right. that's... Generally, how it's been done with humans. Yeah, birds do it. Uh, as we'll discuss, uh, mice have also been observed to, to do this, and uh, it, it makes sense for humans to do it. And uh, granted, this is not food that has been swallowed and then properly like regurgitated from the gut. Yeah, there's no bile in it. Right, but it has been uh, it has been chewed up. And think of what baby food is. What is baby food but pre-chewed food? You're just you just want a robot to chew it instead of a human. Yeah, and it seems kind of gross, but really, I mean, this has been done since time immemorial, right? I mean, if you didn't have a blender, yeah. pre-blender days, you didn't have a grinder, this is what you did. And it actually makes sense because saliva is enzyme-rich, and this helps to break down food. And it also contains antibodies, which might coat food proteins, making them less allergenic. And this is really important because uh, I just read a really interesting article in The New Yorker. It's called The Peanut Puzzle, and it looks at the extreme uptick in peanut allergies in kids and, and allergies in general in children. And some of the idea is that um, in undeveloped countries, you see far less instances of food allergies in kids, and it may be because of this pre-mastication with infants. So if you've got a six-month-old, they're being exposed to some of these more allergenic foods, but they, they're coated so it doesn't really take effect in their bodies. Wow, that, that is, that's a really fascinating idea. I mean, that really kind of blew my mind a bit, because I, I guess I wasn't really familiar with the, with the, the, the long-standing traditions of... Uh, of chewing of food for a human child, mm-hmm. though of course I've seen footage of it. You know, now that I think about it, I've seen like clips of of uh, you know like a mother in Africa like chewing a bit on something and then and then giving that food to the the kid. You know, not a straight up you know bird mouth kind of situation because I think that's the that's the vision that that we think of when mm-hmm. we instantly hear about this. We think of one bird, you know. Just retching into another bird's <laughs> mouth, and and I've seen it played for laughs, for disgusting laughs, on uh, like uh, an episode of Saturday Night Live once, where somebody's food was being chewed for them and spit into another person's mouth, and you know everyone just loses it because oh it's so gross, but 
as you uh, explained, I mean, it's it's part of our biological heritage. Yeah, it's just probably not something that you're going to see in America, like, you know, in shopping malls, mothers pre-masticating food and then spitting it into the children's mouth, unless you are Alicia Silverstone, right? Because this happened last year. She was caught on video doing this with her child. Oh, and, and they made a big to-do out of yeah, it. People yeah, people freaked out. But, you know, well, there freak- are merits to doing this. Yeah. Well, they freak out over, over breastfeeding. I think it was, uh, was it... It was either Covington, Georgia, or Conyers, Georgia, somewhere out there, just outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman was uh, was breastfeeding a child at uh, one of the the bigger chain restaurants. I forget which, and I probably shouldn't say it if I did remember. But somebody called the police. What I mean, which is insane. <laughs> yes, that is yeah. an armed breast. Yeah, so that is going to get you. What if she had been? If she'd been chewing her food for the kid, I mean, goodness knows that would that would have been just instant police call right there. Well, what I'd like to think is that some people would be so horrified that they'd begin puking and then other people would begin puking. Ah, sympathetic vomiting. mm, Sympathetic vomiting, yes. Um, Okay, so so we've seen, uh, you know, the regurgitation in humans and then, of course, when we overeat, overconsume, or we eat something rancid, we vomit. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about people who vomit for their art? Ah, yes, the professional regurgitator, the Mm -hmm. um, performance vomiter. Uh, This was... And this is that we've we've briefly mentioned um, the what, what were they called the performance um, flatulence the flatulence uh, the the flatuists or uh, yeah the flatuists the yeah. flatu- flatulence artists yeah because you would have this in the in the old uh, you know, circus environment you would, people were getting up there and they're using their skill to the entertainment of everyone everyone finds farting hilarious in the right circumstances and to varying degrees and then likewise like I said vomiting is gross. And it's shocking, and like everything that is gross and shocking, it, it has a tendency to uh, elicit laughter. Well, uh, Millie Brown is the regurgita- regurgitation artist in question here, and uh, she has one piece that she's done. She's done several, apparently, but uh, this one... Oh, this is a contemporary artist. Yeah, Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not familiar with her. I'm more familiar with like, the older, like, uh, you know, the old photos of Carney, Carney yeah. uh, regurgitators. No, I mean, she does it up. I mean, it's pretty much performance art- artist-type uh, work, although she does use a canvas. <laughs> so let me just explain this video to you really quickly, because we really don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but it is kind of interesting. Um, she has basically these glasses of different colored liquids, so a rainbow of colors. Mm-hmm. And so she takes yellow, she she drinks it, she lets it settle, and then she regurgitates that onto the canvas, onto a white canvas. Now, you think that's you know odd. She also has two opera singers in the background clad in all white, um, and they are singing my favorite aria, by the way, Dome Pa. And it's, you know, this beautiful opera song and this aria. And and then, of course, she's regurgitating oh, wow. onto the canvas. Well, this video is definitely going to go up on the blog post that accompanies this episode. So, look uh, I mean, you know what? I appreciated it because she did put some thought into the colors. Yeah. She used, it is a rainbow of colors. It's not just brown vomit on a canvas. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Add some color to it. Because the color makes all the difference. I, I found that when I recolored an image of a slug, it repulsed me less. So I can <laughs> see where colorful vomit uh, would uh, would have the same effect. Yeah. I, you guys don't know this, but, but Robert is still kind of working through these issues with slugs and, and finding ways to deal with them. Because you've been posting on, on slugs a lot. And so yeah. And, you're and, having to deal with the imagery. And it helped a little bit, I think. I do respect them more as uh, as organisms, especially after I read some. Uh, and, and look at, I did a post about. Uh, the question, uh, do slugs trip on psilocybin when they eat psilocybin mushrooms? And uh, 
and I found all this. I didn't find really a definitive definitive answer on that, but I ended up finding some really cool stuff about slug intelligence. And there's mm-hmm. some arguments that say that their cognitive abilities are really not that far off from like a rat or a pigeon. So. So we don't know for sure whether or not they could hallucinate, but if you look at their their cognitive abilities, yeah, they're a lot smarter than than I gave them credit for, and I'm not sure just how 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 that makes me feel better or if it makes me feel worse. (laughs) But that's take over the world, Robert Lamb. (laughs) But we're but back to vomit, back to Mm -hmm. the the issue at hand. All right, let's look at uh, some instances of regurgitation in the insect world. Yes. The insect world and uh, and the uh, and the world of, of arachnids um, offer some excellent examples. Um, for instance, spiders, arachnids uh, regurgitate this enzyme-rich uh, bath of uh, caustic goo. Uh, they either uh, regurgitate it onto their prey, and mm-hmm. this is in cases where they they sort of shred the meat a little, they shred it up a little bit, and then right. they they vomit onto it, and the enzymes break it down, or they regurgitate into. Uh, their prey. For instance, the widow spider and many crab spiders force these enzymes, force this vomit into a hole that they make in the prey, mm-hmm. and then they suck it all back out like a Slurpee. So they apply the the uh, the grotesque caustic chemical, let it break down and turn everything into this uh, this this meat smoothie, and then they slurp all of it back up. Yeah, and it's really brilliant the way that they do this because they get this bolus going. A bolus is basically a ball of insects. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, they've got to get all the crunchy parts down because they can't spend a lot of energy trying to break this down. So they are vomiting on it and essentially making it a protein shake for themselves and slurping it back up. Um, But it is a very, I think it's a very cool process. Yeah, they're kind of using, it's a form of external digestion. And you see the Mm -hmm. same thing with, uh, with the housefly, of course. And a lot of people are going to be familiar with this from uh, David Cronenberg's adaptation of The Fly, um, which, mar- which is of course a marvelous R-rated um, horror film that uh, manages to disgust on a visceral level, but also gets you thinking and, and has you know various cultural overtones as well. One of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the traits that uh, the, Br- the the scientist uh, Brundle, played by um, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, to fantastic effect. Uh, one of the traits he uh, he gets from the fly is this uh, feeding uh, uh, ability to vomit forth these enzymes onto something he wants to eat. I think he does it onto like some Twinkies mm-hmm. at, for this uh, for this video that he's uh, making for his uh, employers or his kind of his diary. Uh, vomits onto the Twinkies, lets it sort of set for a second, and then sucks it all back up. Okay, so when we describe to you what the housefly does, I want you to just keep his image in your brain. Like put Jeff Goldblum's face on this housefly that we talk about. Yes. Okay, because consider the housefly, it's flying around your house, in your kitchen, driving you nuts. It lands on a piece of food, maybe a little morsel of sugar, mm-hmm. and it, it's got to break it down. So it scrubs the dry food substance with the bristles on the end of its uh, proboscis, mm-hmm. its nose. Um, this frees up the food particles. Shreds it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second step is is a little bit like when you add hot water to instant oatmeal. Only instead of hot water, the housefly adds a mixture of its saliva and digestive juices. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. And that's when it vomits the, the saliva and digestive material onto its meal. And a few seconds pass for it all to break down, and then yeah, Jeff Goldblum sucks it all back up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the shredding and the, the, the is key here, too, because, I mean, think of, think of like when you make a, a smoothie in the morning. Uh, you want, like, small bits. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you add a protein powder, not a protein chunk, so... That's right, because yeah. unless your blade is like a super blade, right? Yeah. You can really break that down. Um, so then the, the fly 
if it can't adequately break down food enough for it to pass through a tube that leads into its stomach, the fly sends its food down a different tube to an intersect called the crop. And then the fly may pass the bubble, dissolving food multiple times between the crop and the mouth, back and forth, back and forth, uh, regularly applying fresh saliva. So eventually all of that gets liquefied. Yeah. It's delightful. I mean, it's 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 disgusting from a human point of view, but it, it makes perfect sense uh, for these these creatures because they're not going to – you, you look at, a, at an animal that's not going to be able to necessarily you know chew its food up. It needs to do these things externally in the same way that we've externalized a lot of our pro- eating processes through cooking. Fly can't cook. Yeah. Fly can't use a kitchen. So fly is going to depend on its, uh, its time-honored method of uh, external digestion. You know, there's a part in Charlotte's Web when um, – Wilbur the pig meets Charlotte, mm-hmm. and he's completely disgusted by seeing her <laughs> knock out her prey uh-huh. and is judging her. And it's really funny because she has this whole exchange with him like, well, you are so, you know, um, living in the rarefied airs over there with your food brought to you. Yeah. I have to work <laughs> from my food, and I'm genetically programmed to do this. So oh, That's awesome. I had uh, either I'd forgotten about that or maybe I, I maybe I haven't read Charlotte's Web and I've only seen the movie. And maybe that didn't make it into the movie. I don't remember. It was a nice little exchange. I liked it. Um, my daughter's reading it right now, so I'm knee deep in it. All right, so should we take a break here and, yeah, then, and then get to break. more vomit afterwards? Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. 
When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, we're back discussing regurgitation. We just talked about our friends, the fly, our friend, the spider, uh, the way Charlotte and uh, Brendel take care of their uh, their their lunches. Uh, so now we're going to talk about a few other animals of note. In particular, we're going to talk about the proboscis monkey. Now, the proboscis meaning nose. Right. Um, this is the guy with the big nose. Yeah, you've probably seen these monkeys before. Uh, they, of course, use regurgitation. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, their use of their um, upchuck, which they, they basically they do sort of a, a cud chewing kind of a thing. They mm-hmm. they vomit it back up into their mouth, they chew, rechew it around a little bit, and then they swallow it. Um, and uh, for most uh, like gorillas, humans, uh, you know, other primates, if this is done on a semi regular basis, it's considered pathological. It's not natural, right, it's, right. and it's potentially harmful because you're you're just not. Uh, you don't have the, the the plumbing to really handle that much uh, caustic stuff moving around all the time. Yeah, I mean, think about us humans. Uh, the enamel would just wear off of our teeth if we were always vomiting. Exactly. But uh, researchers found, and this is from a paper that appeared in the Royal Society of Biology Letters, uh, they found that, that uh, the digestive tract of uh, this particular monkey is drastically different from that of humans and great apes. So it, it, what you have when you look inside the, the uh, pro- proboscis monkey's mouth, you find... Uh, a distinct uh, chambered forestomach uh, where bacterial digestion occurs prior to the glandular stomach. So you end up you know, having more of this, uh, uh, really more what you end up thinking about in terms of the digestion uh, system of a cow. Uh, what I really like about this study is, is, is how it was conducted. Um, the scientists were actually in a boat, and they were on the Kinabatanagan River in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And so they're sitting there watching... These these monkeys uh, from a distance during the early morning, the late afternoon for for three months vomiting, and they concentrated on twenty three different monkeys that were videotaped regurgitating and rechewing. And then when this happened, the monkey's abdomen would contract, and the primate would stick its tongue outside its pursed mouth 
Which I think it just, you know, that's got to be one of those points in your job where you kind of like, okay, I'm on a boat watching regurgitating proboscis monkeys. Yeah, I mean, they already look kind of like Jimmy Durante anyway, so they, you know, they're they already <laughs> amusing to watch, and then they have this peculiar uh, way of going about their, their meal. Yeah, just vomiting on the banks of the river. So this brings us around to my favorite vomiting uh, animal, really, at the moment, because a lot of this is new to me, is the uh, is the vulture, the turkey vulture. But, um, well, they're kind of like the the ninjas, the the experts at vomiting. Yeah, and it's it's really fast. We have an article on House of Works about it, and you should you should definitely check that out if you're you're into this as a topic. But uh, let's set, let's set the stage. The turkey vulture, if you're not familiar, is of course a scavenger, haunts the skies, wheeling around in big uh, big circles. Uh, looking for some dead prey to go feast on. They find a carcass, and then it's on. It's time for the meal. Land and just start tearing apart this rancid thing and eating it. So what do you need in order to live your life on a diet of rancid flesh? Well, first of all, you don't want a lot of feathers around your face getting right. all mucked up, right? Yeah, you, you need it kind of like surgically smooth. clean up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, second of all, you probably want some, like, grade A stomach acid. Yes, yeah, I mean, think of <laughs> if you're you're like me. Say, I'm I'm not really used to eating uh, certain types of like junk food, I guess, uh, and and probably not used to eating a lot of meat. But so if I'm in a situation where I end up really eating more than I should and really chowing down on on uh, on just too much uh, red meat, uh, I start feeling a little ill. Like my stomach cannot handle it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the the uh, the cast iron stomach uh, that some people have, and uh, the, the vulture really does, in a sense, have a cast iron stomach. I mean, it, the, this animal has evolved to thrive on rancid uh, meat that would just sicken and maybe even kill another animal. I mean, they've actually uh, shown that uh, the uh, the, the enzymes in the vulture's gut are mm-hmm. capable of handling some pretty horrible pathogens because they have to be because that's the nature of what they eat. We're talking about anthrax too, right? They they have found spores of anthrax in their feces. Yeah, the evidence that it passed through. Um, so yeah, I mean their their guts, uh, their their acids are so effective that they can break down some of these yeah. viruses, I mean, it's their and bacteria. Diet. In the same way that a javelina um, can poop uh, the prickly pear. Uh, uh, pins right out without any problem. I mean, it, the, the same way the vulture can poop out the uh, these anthrax spores that would be problematic to another creature. Kristen Conger, um, the uh, one of the co-hosts for Stuff Mom Never Told You, has an article about vultures, and in it she says, in a study on white-back vultures, the pH levels in their stomachs were between a 1 and a 2. That measurement is comparable to gastric and hydrochloric acid from the human stomach and is far more corrosive than acid rain which has a pH between 4 and 5. It was also more acidic than the stomach contents of other carnivorous birds, including herons and uh, barn owls. And barn owls, by the way, we've talked about their pellets before. Yes. Um, You know, they can't really break down the bones or the teeth of what they eat, uh, so they have to regurgitate it into these little pellets. Yeah. Quite lovely. Didn't you get some for for the holidays? Oh, no, I was thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking about it at one point. And then we did a podcast where I accidentally referred to the pellets as poop, and, and then I heard from all the owls who were really... And then the poop hit the fan. Yeah, the pellets hit the fan, and the, the owls were rightfully upset with me over that one. But uh, but I'm hoping to please the vultures in this podcast, because I think we, we're, we're getting everything more or less right. Um, so the thing about their vomiting, when, when a vulture does vomit, and again, as we've established, animals vomit, so the, the fact that a vulture vomits is not that big of a, of a deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there's a, there's a lot of there's been a, a fair amount of thinking about why they do it because they'll do it when they're threatened, right? 
um, when they're threatened and and they want to do a little bit of defensive yeah. vomiting. Now, one thing to keep in mind when a, when a when a buzzard, when a turkey vulture is is threatened, mm-hmm. it's probably in a situation where it's it's hanging around this dead body. It's hanging around this body, eating and eating and eating. It's gorged. It's gorged. really heavy. Yeah, and then suddenly some humans are poking around, or maybe it's a lion, maybe it's uh, some other birds, it's an eagle. Something else is, is suddenly intruding on them, mm-hmm. and it's an issue. So what does the vulture do? The vulture vomits. Now, there are a few different interpretations to take here. Uh, one of them is that it's a purely defensive measure. They have all this awful stuff in their gut, all mm-hmm. of this uh, this rancid meat and, and just encaustic enzymes. Somebody's messing with you, spit up hawk of that stuff at them and see, what ha- and, and see how they take it. You know, don't make me vomit acid on you. That's kind of the, the proposition here. That's still on my uh, bumper st- bumper sticker on my car, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah? yeah? Don't make mm-hmm. me vomit yeah. acid. Um, another idea is that it empty- empties the stomach chamber so they can take off. Yeah. Because, because otherwise they're just weighed down with all that nasty carrying. Yeah, because they've been gorging themselves. Uh, you know, meals may be few and far between uh, for a vulture. So when it's available, they eat and eat and eat. And if you've got to take off in a hurry, you may have to lighten the load. So that's another theory. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed a hundred thousand miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. But the third theory is, is the grossest and, uh, and, and really the, the most magnificent. Okay. And that is the situation where, all right, I'm a buzzard. I'm just stuffing myself in all this meat, and so suddenly there's this like this eagle showing up, or there's a or there's a coyote or something getting a little too close to my business, and uh, I'm a, I'm a bird, so I know that other animals may want to eat me. Uh, I'm I'm a prey animal to many. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what can I do to save myself? Well, sure. I may, okay, maybe I could spit some acid on him. All right, that might work. It's pretty vile stuff. Or I could just lighten the load and try to get away. But vultures can be kind of gawky. You know, it's not like a, they're it's not like they're able to just instantly just shoot off like a rocket. Right. So the theory here is that when they vomit forth this this rancid mess, they're actually providing a bribe. They're saying, "Don't eat me." Eat this, <laughs> and and certainly like it was in one of the sources I was looking at. I believe this was on uh, the Turkey Vulture website, the Vulture Vulture They have a lot of uh, cool facts about them. Uh, they pointed out that eagles eat it right up. Mm-hmm. Eagles presented with some vulture vomit, they'll be like, "Yeah, that looks great. That thanks for preparing that for me." Maybe that's like fog waff to them. They're yeah. like, "Oh, delicacy." Yeah, maybe so. I, I'd like to imagine the turkey buzzard saying, "Though, like, if you keep me alive, I can regurgitate ten meals, as many as you want. If you <laughs> kill me, you only get one." Yeah, I mean, it's also like if you, you know, here is something. Here, go ahead and eat this. You can eat this, or you can try and fight me to the death. And I have claws, and I have a beak. And I might not be the, the most fierce creature on, on the planet, but I'm a harder meal. Here's the easy meal. So why not yet? Why don't you have it? I know it's already gross. digested for you. Yeah, already pre-digested. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a nice little peace offering. Um, so, you know, what we have not thrown into the mix here is urine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it, it, this just would not be a complete podcast talking about vultures and vomit without the urine. Yeah, I'm this is just like a bonus that you get to have urine in this podcast as well. And this is, uh, you know, we talked about how you don't want feathers generally around the head because mm-hmm. it needs to sort of remain surgically clear so they can go in after some meat and, and get it all dirty. But of course, they're also going to be stepping through some pretty um, rancid stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So to disinfect their legs, they'll urinate down their legs. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I find that there's a certain gross but, um, but admirable um, economy to that. Well, it's incredibly practical, right? Because you're getting rid of some of the, you know, lingering pathogens yeah. that that you've been uh, tromping along with. I like to think of that somewhere out there, there is a performance artist too that does some sort of vulture urinating <laughs> canvas. I don't know. Yes, let's hope. I know you expect all this from a vulture, right? Because they're not very cute looking. They're sort of dastardly looking. You yeah. expect that they urinate on themselves and, and they vomit up piecemeals. But there are other creatures out there that have um, some pretty smooth moves themselves. Yeah, and they don't necessarily look the part at first glance. For instance, the fulmar. 
uh, which means foul gull, because it essentially looks like a seagull, and it's uh, one of these uh, these uh, these uh, type of birds that makes its home on you know rocky little uh, purchases that they find on cliff sides. And if something comes and messes with them and poses a threat, they will projectile vomit at their um, at, at the intruder. And this is a straight up. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. They're projectile vomiting to uh, cause a distress to their attacker. You know, I kind of thought about them as the kittens of the bird world because they are white feathered and they're they're, they're cute looking. I will say it. Mm-hmm. And you just don't expect the sort of filth. That, that comes projectile vomiting from their mouth. Yeah, it's orange. It stinks of rotten fish. And, and it's, like, really oily and sticky. Like, it doesn't come off all that easy. Uh, like, for a human, if you're climbing up there, checking out birds, and you get vomited on, you're going to have to go home and, you know, really shower and scrub to get it off. Mm-hmm. If you're a bird and you're messing with a fulmer, then... You've got this awful stuff on your on your feathers, and it can actually uh, interfere with your ability to fly. So, not only annoying, but potentially lethal weapon in that regard. And if you were a bird and you recovered this, and you should take to the water, the the gut oil of the fulmar chick causes the birds to lose their buoyancy and they drown. So it's kind of like death vomit. Yeah, death vomit, orange death vomit from the foul gulls that look like kitten birds. Yeah. Now, speaking of kittens, though, we we should bring it back around, though, to to, to again to humans and uh, and our expectations of vomit versus animal expectations and even children, because it, it, as adult humans, we end up with this idea that oh, you know, vomit is to be avoided at all costs. Then you invite a dog into your house, and mm-hmm. the dog is vomiting and then eating its own vomit, or you bring in a cat, which just goes off like a time bomb all the time. Just vomit becomes a part of your your daily life. And then if you have a child, then even more so. They're just constantly vomiting. It's true. Yeah. I've been vomited on in spectacular ways, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom is a kindergarten teacher, and, and uh, she I once mentioned it to her about children vomiting because we ha- um, my nephew uh, vomited in the back of the... Uh, the car when we were taking them somewhere. It just happened all of a sudden. The other one, uh, uh, my uh, the niece, she was uh, complaining of stomach problems. Mm-hmm. But then he vomited, and it was a huge mess. And I mentioned to my mom, she's like, oh, yeah, kids those age, you know, like kindergarten age kids, uh, first grade, they just vomit all the time. They'll just be doing something. They'll be coloring and then just vomit. <laughs> it's true, and they just keep going. They just pop a breath mint and keep going. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually they get a little older, and they begin to believe this, this lie that vomiting isn't a part of who we are. And boy, are they wrong. So there you have it. Vomit. Um, as, uh, we would love to hear your stories on vomit if you have things that you would like to share with us. Um, your encounters with vomit in the alien kingdom, uh, preferably, uh, not just that time that you upchucked and it was spectacular, but uh, but more of just sort of uh, telling stories of vomit. Uh, animals that you've seen that uh, seem to be in- engaging in regurgitation in a unique uh, or fashionable way. Uh, let us know about it. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Tumblr. We are stuffed to blow your mind on both of those. And on Twitter, we go by the handle Blow the Mind. And you can always drop us a line at Blow the Mind at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. 
Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.